0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I'm going to be talking out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 5. It says this, What then is Apollos? What, then, what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field and God's building. It says this, but I want to focus on that first verse, verse 5. It says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul's servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each? I'm going to title my talk today, Servants on Assignment. We are servants on assignment. One place that my, my wife cannot send me alone is uh, the grocery store. She can't do it. And, and, and I know some of you married men, you're gonna feel me on this, all right? I don't know what's wrong with us, right? She gives me a list. She says, this is what we need. I'm like, got it. She goes through the list, item by item. She's like, I need this, I need that. I'm like, don't worry. You don't even need to go over it. I got it, locked in, right? But something happens when we get to the door, right? The automatic doors open up. We step into Ralph's and all fades away what my wife just said, right? I'm just like, oh, I need that, I need that. I start filling up my cart with things that I don't even need. Um, as a bachelor, I literally was helpless. I didn't eat anything but frozen pizza. I'm not joking. Frozen pizza and popcorn was my diet. Thank God I got married or I may not be alive, okay? So I I, I was walking around, I'm adding things to my cart, right? I'm adding frozen pizzas, I'm adding Sour Patch Kids, I love popsicles, I'm like <laughs> I'm like shopping as if I'm 13, okay? And so I'm like, Oh, we need some Windex. Like, we don't need Windex. Oh, we need, you know, Drano. Like, what? I'm like just adding stuff. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I'm going to the, you know, you ever been to ad scene on TV section? Dangerous. Like, I'm like, oh, I saw this. I need this. Like, I need to get the, you know, the foot petty to get my calluses off my feet. That's really important. You know, I start going, I'm grabbing everything, I, you know, and I get to the checkout and I see the bill. I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Um, and so I'm like, oh, that's all good. You know, we got what we needed. And I go back to, you know, go back home. And my wife's like, how much did you spend? And I'm like, and I tell her, she's like, it should not have cost that much. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you just got some things. You know, she's like, well, did you get the list? And we start going over the list. And well, you didn't get that, and you didn't get. So I come home with everything I didn't need, and, and I left behind the things I did need. And it's just because I couldn't follow my assignment. I couldn't follow the list of what she had given me. And, and believe it or not, that, that God has actually assigned something to you to here on earth. That God has assigned something to your life. God has given something upon your life and says, this is your assignment. This is what I want you to complete. While you are breathing and living and here, I want you to complete but how often, just as if, when I went to the, the supermarket, we walk into life and we allow these things to begin to grab our attention. And we're filling up our life with things that don't apply to our assignment. We're filling up our cart with different things, with with, with anxiety, with worry, with fear. We're worrying about the finances. We're worrying about the family. We're worrying about this. We're worrying about that. We're, and we're filling up, with a, filling up our cart. And guess what? It costs us more than we, we intended to pay. And, and it's things that we don't actually need and don't need to use. And and we start filling up our life with things that actually don't go with our assignment. They don't go with our assignment. See, see, in the Corinthian church, thank you. The Corinthian church was was a place of of almost like misfit people. They were all the, the former, all these former slaves who, who got set free, right? They get set free, and what do they do? They actually, they're like, you know what, now that we're free, we're gonna go live the life we always wanted. So they go to Corinth. Which would be like a, an ancient day Vegas. They're just living how they want. It's all about it's all about filling the indulgences of the flesh and, and partying and, and having this pagan different worship and all of these things, right? It's all about the, these vices that you can live. And it's so you know, and this time was a quote unquote place of freedom. Right, so Paul he he says, you know what, I need to go plant a church in the middle of this crazy party lifestyle city and we're gonna go win him for Jesus. And he goes and he plants a church in the middle of Corinth and he says, We're gonna win this city for Jesus, and he leaves and he leaves his friend Apollos over it. And while he leaves, people at first, you know, when you first meet Jesus, you're like so full on. You're like, I will never swear ever again. Right? And then like you pull in the parking lot, you're like, Mother, like (laughs) What the heck just happened? Like, last week you said you wouldn't swear. Like, trust me, I've worked in the parking lot. We all see it. It's okay, right? We see it. But we've, like, we've all been there, right? So Paul leaves, and like, we're gonna win the city for Jesus. And little by little, they start living how they used to live. They start going to the parties. They start engaging in this different styles of worship, and, and they start living how they want. They start fulfilling their indulgences and their their emotions and their desires and their impulses and all of these things. And that's what they become obedient to. And, and, and then as they do that, it actually begins to find its way back into the church, where now there's like arguments right? There's division, there's strife. They start arguing about who their pastor is. Like, no, no, no. You know, Apollos is my pastor. And then the others are like, no, Paul's my, they start arguing about things that don't actually matter. They start trying to focus on the peripheral issues of maybe the church organization and saying, well, this guy doesn't lead this way or this guy leads this way. And they start losing their, 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 their sight on what God had assigned them to because they start living for what they want. And Paul begins to say this, and starting in chapter three, he addresses this very issue, and he says, who is Apollos, and who is Paul? We're just servants on an assignment. So why are you arguing about who you follow? When you begin to understand that we're following someone, and the whole goal was not that you follow us, but that you follow him. And it says that we are all servants on assignment. A servant means this. Is that a willing attendant, a messenger, one who lays down his life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me where I am. And there, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. We are all called to be servants that have an assignment. You know that you have an assignment on your life. Assignment means this, something that has been given to you to take care of. God has given you something on your life to take care of it, to cherish it. To, to, to honor it, to love it. God has actually given you an assignment. God has given every person who is living and breathing. If you are living today, if you are breathing today, guess what? God has given you a purpose, a calling, and an assignment. You have not gone too far or fallen too short. God has already given you an assignment. He's given you a purpose. He's given you a calling. And if you are living today, you still can live out this assignment that God has given you. But you have to understand that God has given you an assignment. God has given you purpose. And the enemy's attack, especially on this generation in church, is that he wants us to feel as if our life is unimportant. It doesn't affect people. It doesn't actually matter to someone. And we begin to devalue our very life and the choices that we make because we don't realize that we are on an assignment. We don't realize that we do have purpose and the enemy's trying to take a purpose that he cannot take because he did not give you that purpose. Only God gave you the purpose. God gave you the assignment. The enemy cannot take your assignment. So if you got hurt by someone in church, guess what? That can't take your assignment because they didn't give you that assignment. If you got hurt by a family member, guess what? They can't take your assignment because they did not give you your assignment. If you got hurt by someone in your marriage, in your past marriage, guess what? They cannot take your assignment because they did not give it to you. We allow things and people and relationships and hurts and pains and bitterness to take the very assignment on our life that God has intended us to live out and the enemy is saying, that's mine. But we have to begin to look at him and say, no, that's not yours. You did not give it to me because the only way you can have my assignment is if I give it to you and I'm not giving you my assignment. I'm not giving you my purpose. I'm not giving you my call. Everyone has an assignment, whether you realize it or not, whether you have come to this understanding, your life has meaning, your life has purpose, your life has a value. There is an assignment on your life. There is a calling on your life. It is not about you know being towards a platform or being known. Guess what? That's not the assignment. The assignment is obeying what God has placed on your life. But one of the toughest things to discover in life is our assignment. I grew up in church. I'm a pastor's kid, trust me. I know how it feels to always tell people, Oh, you're called, young man. I'm like, what do you even mean? I'm eleven. Like all I want is candy. All I want, like I play video games. I don't know what I'm called to do, right? So like that's everyone, oh, you're gonna be the greatest preacher ever. I'm like, what if I don't wanna be? You know, I always tell people, I was like, I want to be in the NBA, and then I grew to be five foot nine, 175 pounds, and I'm like, that's not my assignment, okay? Like, I can't even jump. So like you know, bear with me but we begin to understand that sometimes this 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 concept of purpose and calling can go way over our heads. And we feel like we're not living it, we're not doing it, and we get overwhelmed, we get discouraged and we just give up all you know altogether but God is saying no you have an assignment. And he wants us to help he want to help he wants to help us discover this assignment, to discover this purpose, to discover this call. So things that we have to do to discover our assignment. Number 1 is we got to grow. We gotta grow, or I like to put it this way. You know, I said we gotta grow in like a nice way, but I gotta put it this way. We gotta grow up. We gotta grow up. First Corinthians 3, 1 through 4 says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, and you are not of the flesh, are you not of the flesh behaving only the human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and the other says, I follow Apollos, are you not merely being human? See, we cannot discover our assignment as long as we continue to live enslaved to our emotions, our desires, our impulses, in this way that that, that we've always lived. See, I'm under the impression that we, in this community of faith, believe that God can actually transform us that we can actually genuinely begin to rely on and live by the Holy Spirit, but we have to choose who we are servant to. So some of us, the reason why we can't discover our assignment is because we are more of a servant to ourselves. We serve our emotions, we serve our impulses, we serve our, our desires, we serve our cravings, we serve these different things in life and we think that, that this is what's gonna give me value and this is what gives me purpose and, and Paul is beginning to say to them, the reason why you haven't design, you know, figured out your assignment yet is because you're so focused on what you want and I can't even give you what God's trying to tell you. There's things that God's been trying to speak to you for years that he cannot do it yet because you are not ready because we haven't grown up yet. We have to become spiritually mature which takes time of knowing God and applying what we know about God right so we we can say all we want that we love Jesus but we go and we, we we talk to someone at our coffee shop and we're rude and we're angry and we're mean I don't know if that's portraying who Jesus has called us to be we are at our you know we're at a restaurant and our waiter who's 20 years old and hasn't figured out life yet forgets your bread okay it happens okay they forget a lot of other things and we're just like how dare you no tip, no tip, like teaching you a lesson. Is that really what Jesus called us to live like? Is that really it? So we sit here and we, and we say, well, I want to grow, I want to find my calling, but we're not even willing for the Holy Spirit to challenge us on areas in our life that we are allowing to rule and reign in our life and saying, okay, God, I want to know my calling, but first I need you to bring me into alignment. Help me not be a slave to these impulses, these emotions, these desires, these cravings anymore. I want to be a slave to your spirit and say, God, take me where you want to take me. A practical way to know that you're immature is that you live with divisions and distractions. You live with divisions, you live with distractions. You allow things in your life to divide you, people, from people, right? So like I said, we walk into church. Whew, this person looked at me wrong, this person. Church hurt is real, it's there. Why? Because we deal with humans. But are we gonna allow a human being to dictate now our call because someone hurt us who was supposed to Christian? We have to begin to understand this. So there's divisions in our life. James calls it double-souled or double-minded, right? We, that's, it says, if you are double-minded, you will be unstable in all of your ways. And so we live saying, I'm gonna be a slave to Christ. I'm gonna serve him. I'm gonna do all these things. But then on the other side, every single time someone looks at us, look, looks at us wrong, does us wrong, we get so bitter and we get so angry when we don't get our way and we wonder why we can't figure this thing out called life. The second thing is distractions, we start getting distraction, distracted over peripheral things in our life, right? We start, we start filling up our cart with distractions. Start filling up our life with distractions. So we start distracting ourselves. What was their distraction? They were distracted over who they followed. What pastor they followed. Now, I understand that like we live in a generation where you can follow a lot of pastors, right? But we got to begin to understand this is not something that should be distracting us. You know, some of you are like, I can't believe this youth pastor's preaching again. (laughs) Oh my God. This is two times in one month. I cannot believe it. What are they doing? (laughs) You know, he looks like he is 17. I ain't listening to him. (laughs) Right? We start, we we genuinely do this. Now I'm just messing around, right? But we genuinely do this. Uh, who's speaking today? Oh, they're speaking. I'm checking out. I'm good. Oh, who's leading worship today? As if this is what it's about. Like, I forgot that we came to church to meet God and to get his spirit. I forgot that we meet church to come and say, okay, I need help. Help me, God. See, we are here, as Paul and Apollos were, as servants on an assignment. And every time we preach a sermon, we believe that it's an assignment from God. It's not just something that we come up with. We believe that God is speaking today, but our goal is not to lead you to us, but it's to lead you to him because I can't heal you, I can't help you, but Jesus can. So we've got to begin to understand. Don't allow these peripheral distractions to pull us away from our assignment. And we have to give the Holy Spirit the ability to allow us to mature. Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern the will of God that is good and acceptable and perfect. We cannot discern God's call, God's assignment, God's will, if, we are, if our mind is not being renewed by the Holy Spirit. Which means sometimes he actually is changing your brain habits. Your brain is built by a whole barrage of neurons and synapses. Right? So they have these memories attached to each other and they have a bridge that attaches to these memories. So sometimes when you get saved, they don't completely dissolve right away. You have to actually retrain your brain to go to the Holy Spirit and say, Okay, Holy Spirit, retrain my brain today. Let me dissolve this bad habit, this dissolve this way of living. I'm going to give it to you. And that takes time and that takes a process, but we cannot discern if we don't actually give ourselves to the process of the Holy Spirit. So if we continually are picking the wrong thing and we wonder, well, that's God. He told me to go here. He told me to go here. He told me to go here. And he is like, you know, God is like you know, schizophrenic and he's told us to go five different places in the last five months. Maybe we need to say, okay, God, I need your help to renew my mind. Let me pause and let me take my emotions out of it and let me just allow your Holy Spirit to guide me today and start renewing the areas in our life that we rely more on ourselves. This is what it's all about. And the second thing is we got to do both, we got to be both, and we got to do both. First Corinthians three five through six. What is what then is Paul? What is Paul's servants to whom you believe that Christ has assigned you? I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. We are all called to be servants. In fact, it's really the only proper response to what Jesus did. God, you know, it says the demons actually believed in Jesus. He said they believed him. So it's not enough to just say, "Yeah, I believe in that." there's actually this response and faith is a divine persuasion is what it says. That's saying, I'm so convinced that you are who you say you are, that I'm going to serve you. So we are all servants. And And if we're not serving God, we're serving something. We could be serving culture. We could be, you know, Kanye West, I watched an interview this week and he said, the thing that I thought I was a God to was actually my God. He said, I thought I was a God to culture, but realized now that culture was my God. See, see, sometimes we think that we're ruling and reigning this area in our life, but it's actually the very thing that we're serving. So we are servants. We are all servants in one shape or form, but we are, all, we are all called to be servants first of Christ Jesus, which means you actually have to lay down your life for other people. You actually have to treat them as if they were yourself. It says, Love your neighbor as yourself. So if we start judging and hurting and breaking apart the, the, the body of God, that is not being a servant. A servant says, Let me restore in kindness. Let me love on you, let me bring you in, let me encourage you, but we are all called to be servants. But we aren't just called to just serve without any direction. We're not called just to serve because, oh, I just gotta do it. No, God actually has an assignment on your serving. You're not just doing it. You're not just playing your part. God has actually given you an assignment within your service. So no matter what area you are serving in, in the church or in your community, God has given you a very assignment for that area saying, hey, this is what I need for you to do. It's not just to clock in and clock out, but I actually need you to begin to impact some people. And in order for us to determine what our assignment is when we're serving is we've got to determine what season we are in. If we can't determine what season we are in, we cannot determine what our assignment is in that season, right? It says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, God, you know, God brought the growth. So we worry about the growing, right? I gotta grow, I gotta grow. So we're just like trying to grow and we just like flex all the time. Like, oh, I'm growing in Jesus. Like, okay, relax, okay? So you have to determine your season because God, God's the one who brings the growth. So sometimes when we're not growing is because we're, we are trying to do the wrong thing in a different season. God is saying, hey, recognize what season you're in, then I will grow you. So Paul planted Apollos water, God will bring the rest. So planting is a season of laying foundations If we are, you know, if we get this place where we're freshly saved, lay lay some foundation. Do school of discipleship. Learn why you believe what you believe. Right believing will produce right living. But sometimes we're in a season of laying foundation. Maybe we've been doing really good, but God God has called us to step out of our comfort zone into a new season. We step into a season of planting where we start laying foundation for the next so God can build upon it. But if we go straight to trying to pour out to everyone and give them everything when we don't have it yet, we could actually harm ourselves in our assignment. So planting is building the foundation. Watering is so you can pour out more into other people. You start pouring. You start teaching. You start saying, hey, this is how God has revealed it to me. And we will always be in this cycle of planting and watering, planting and watering, planting and watering, planting and watering. So there's seasons you're planting. There's seasons that you're watering. There's seasons you're planting. And sometimes the enemy likes to do it. He wants you to water while you're supposed to plant, and he wants you to plant while you're supposed to water. So you're just toiling with the wrong thing. And God says, just stop and say, okay, what season am I in? Sometimes there's a season to say, you know, I just need to learn more about God in this, you know, like you become a parent, right? It's like crazy. The decisions you make can affect this human being. That's a big way. Sometimes I'm like, okay, God, I need you to lay some foundation of being a parent. I can't act like I'm an expert parent. Guess what? My son's a is one and a half years old. I ain't no expert, okay? But some of you are. And see, some of you can actually come and water while I'm laying foundation as a parent. Say, hey, this is what I did. Let me help you out. Hey, hey, you're, you're three years into marriage. We're 50 years into marriage. Let me help you out. Let, let, let me water your marriage. Let me sow into your marriage because I've been there. It's successful. We've been doing good. Let me help you out. But our assignment is attached to our season. But if we if we determine our season and we serve in that area, that's what brings us into alignment. We can't just serve without an assignment and we can't have an assignment without serving. So some of us were like, I got my assignment. God's already told me and maybe he did. But if you're not serving people, it doesn't work. Your assignment without serving is just what you wanna do. But God is saying, hey, it's not just enough to have an assignment, you've gotta serve people. You gotta find people and actually lay down your life for them and say, hey, what can I do? What can I do for you? The keys can come on up. Number three is we got to complete ours. We got to complete ours. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one of you take care of how he builds upon it for no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest on the day we'll disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test the sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only through fire. Which means this, you made it into heaven, but everything you did burned up. Like you made it in. And I don't know, this challenges me. It's like, am I okay with just making it in? Am I okay with just doing what I wanna do and then making it into heaven and leaving no impact here on earth? Because God, if if that was the case, when we got saved, guess what would happen? You would disappear. you go straight to heaven. And you're like, dope, you know? And everyone would be getting saved in church. Like, ah, life's tough. God, take me up. Let's go, right? But that's not what he did. It's not. What he did is says, hey, when you give your heart to me, yeah, you're going to heaven, but you've got an assignment now. And you can't complete anyone else's assignment. And they can't complete yours. So sometimes we're looking at other assignments and we're saying, I wish I had that one. I wish I could do that. I wish I could be here. But the place that you're in, God has actually assigned you in that place. God has assigned you in that workplace. Assignment is not about career. It's not about trying to get more money and more houses and more cars. No, that's not what it's about. Assignment is about what impact are you having in the places that God has placed you in? Are you impacting people for Jesus in your workplace? Maybe the person who bothers you the most at your job is actually your assignment. Maybe he's like, I can't stand that guy. You know, he's always (laughs) playing music in his cubicle. It's like, okay, you know. Maybe God says, hey, love on him because he knows you're, you know. It's like, maybe, maybe your assignment is marriages here in our church. God has created a vehicle in a community like this so we can actually walk out our assignment. He has created a place that he has given us the opportunity to serve and complete assignments. He has given us a city that we are a part of and a community that we can lead people to with our assignments. We cannot come to this place and just consume. That's not what Jesus died for. He didn't He didn't die for consumerism. He died so we could be servants on an assignment. I remember my brother was 18 years old and a senior in high school and he had a government class and um, he needed to turn in a paper and he forgot to do it last minute as he usually did. And, there's this girl who was from our church who did the class the semester before. And he's like, hey, I'm in a pinch. Can you help me out? Can you just send me yours as like a reference, right? That's like always dangerous if someone asks you, like, hey, can you send it to me as a reference? Hey, can you send me your resume as a reference? Like, you're gonna use my resume, okay? <laughs> like, so he goes and he takes the assignment and he takes her name off and he doesn't change any words. He just changes her name. I know, guys, I'm more spiritual than my brother. It's okay, like, I would never do that ever, I've never, you know, I never. Anyways, so he turns it in and the teacher had this like software that would check, like if it was like, and she's like, you literally did not change one word and you thought this was okay to turn in. And what's funny is that like sometimes with our assignment, with our call, that's how we're doing it. We're taking what God has called someone else to do and we're trying to apply that to us and put our name on it but when we get to heaven, it says it's gonna be tested. And it's not that you don't make it but in, like, but everything you did was burned up because you tried to be someone else. God died not for a fake you or, or, or died for you the you that you wanna be. He died for the real you, the broken you, the hurting you. The, 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 the crying out for more, you the person who can't figure out you know how to how to do this, the person who's been so bitter and so hurt and so damaged, God died for that, and until we can get to that place, he can't start working yet. but when he starts working, he can take what was damaged and broken and hurt and he can begin to mold it into an assignment that is so all about restoration. Why? Because our transformation will lead people to the same destination. Everything we do on assignment is eternal, which is people. See, there is a heaven and there is a hell. Jesus taught more about hell than he did heaven. Why? Because he doesn't want us to go there, right? But he actually cares that we are at home with him forever told my James class this on Tuesday night, can we just stop and ponder eternity for a moment? There's no beginning. There's no end. We think that, you know, that that this service is long, right? Okay. Eternity. There's no beginning and there's no end. It's forever. And it says he'll wipe away every tear. There'll be no sickness. There'll be no pain. There'll be no hurt. And we'll be sitting with Jesus. But my question to you today is, are we sitting alone? Were we so consumed with us that we didn't live on assignment and bring people with us? There are marriages that are hanging on by the thread that are waiting for some people in this church to say, you know what? I'm gonna start as a marriage small group because I need to water the marriages. We need your help. There are parents who cannot figure this out. They've got a one and a half year old and another one on the way in February, right? Sounds like a personal problem. I need help, okay? I need help. This is what community is for. Who's your assignment? I wanna change it. It's not just what's your assignment. Who's your assignment? Maybe it is that person at your workplace. Maybe it's your barber. Maybe it's your your person at your coffee shop or or at at your restaurant. Maybe it's within the church and then you need to lead a small group and you start pouring into people. Maybe it's in the kids ministry. Maybe it's in the youth. Maybe it's in worship. Maybe it's in uh, young adults or greeting or connection lounge or parking, whatever it may be. Guess what? Every single person that you encounter while you are serving is your assignment. And God is saying, hey, I need you to reach them. Maybe it's a business person. Maybe God is calling you to the business realm and we are complaining and saying, I just want to work for the church. And God says, that's not your assignment. That's not your assignment. Who are you going to reach who's working at a church? Now I work at a church so like but what I'm saying is that shouldn't be everyone's assignment. Preaching is not everyone's assignment, but just because it's not doesn't devalue what is. We're in this culture that thinks that because we're elevated in a gift that is like the, the better assignment but we actually need each and every one of your assignment to be accomplished in order for us to do what God's called us to do. And when we get to heaven, I believe that every person in this room is gonna stand before God and their creator and he's gonna look at them and say, hey, I created you for for a purpose and for an assignment and you did it. Look behind you. Look at that homeless person that you helped and you prayed for. Look at that person that, that everyone else was overlooking and you came in. Look at what you used your brokenness for. Your brokenness didn't rule you. It didn't damage you. It didn't push you down. But you started using the very thing that broke you to help other people be healed. You used the very pain that drove you into depression to be the very thing that pulled people out of it. You used the very thing that brought you to addiction to help people find freedom from it. This is the gospel. It's not about a ceremony or a service. It's about servants who have met Jesus and say, I have an assignment on my life. I'm not gonna let the enemy take it. Why? Because he did not give it to me. And only God can give me my assignment. So I'm gonna stand and I'm gonna live my life for the person who's given me my assignment. And when I face him in heaven, I'm gonna say, well done, good and faithful servant. You completed your assignment. Can we stand your?